millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Then another episode of a matter of truth my name is anthony and we are back at it after a very very long break wouldn't you say what's up peeps yeah another episode this is like the first episode in a year dude it's this is like it's been uh we i feel like we always say the same thing i'm sure i'm sure anybody who does listen to it they're like you gotta say the same thing because you, you same thing because every time because you never record exactly exactly <laughs> we've been we've had this show for like three years and we have like 10 episodes oh my goodness i know that is that is terrible uh, I, like i th- i think you we were talking about um the last time we recorded was you said what march march yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so it's yeah here it is almost, almost christmas yeah almost 2023 year. right yeah. Yeah. So we uh, we decided to hop back on here, people, and uh, especially because it's it's the season, right? It's the season of uh, it is good good Santa Claus, Santa Claus, (laughs) Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer stuff, and we thought we'd make an episode (laughs) out of it. Um, And uh, yeah, so I I I shot Alex a a message, and I'm like, this was literally as today the day we recorded this and I yeah, said, hey yeah yeah you, you, you want to record <laughs> and and i don't think <laughs> i had talked to you for close it's been a couple, couple weeks. weeks yeah <laughs> almost well two months, i think maybe. it's been longer than that like actually speaking to a, yeah you know yeah on, on the, the yeah on the phone it's been a so long while this is yeah. uh this is a first but this is good it, it, i've kind of mm-hmm. been away from yeah. the whole instagram i've been i've been posting sparingly uh you know uh throughout this this past year and uh you you man we were talking you're still you're still trucking along man with undying light you haven't yep. missed an episode yep. which is an amazing nope. accomplishment yep thank you yeah and the, the great thing with that is you know being the only person that does a show um 
I can I can move my schedule because like right now I am extraordinarily busy and so normally for my patrons I record on Dying Light on Monday morning and they have it a week and a half in advance. Last week I was so busy I had to wait till Saturday of that week to record and it's already Wednesday and I've yet to record for next week's episode which I'm going to have to do probably Saturday or something of this week unless I decide to pull a late night tonight and do it after we record this but I am like just I, I've got uh, working on the the last few pieces of my masters. I'm working on Christmas program, Christmas Day program, uh, regular church service this coming Sunday, and I, I'm just swamped. That's not busy. Swamped. You're not busy. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, sleep right, is for right. the week. Yeah, no, you are you are you are slammed. That's for sure. You get you have a lot more going on than I do, so I have no excuse for not. Um, hopping on here but <laughs> i typically don't record alone because a matter of truth was a joint effort but um you know yep. uh so you're right it's 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 a lot easier when you can just hop on by yourself and um i guess i, I guess we could do solo episodes here and there but yeah but it's just not I, the same though i agree like like it's just there's just something about the our chemistry and the way we've made this show it, it just and and honestly i get more feedback at least in the past when we were doing shows that the people loved our That's content awesome. because in a, in a lot of cases, they're going to get two different perspectives over a text, you know, cause you and I don't agree yeah. on everything, which is great, yeah. but we can, we can certainly agree on the core Absolutely. essentials. I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree uh, with um, exactly what you said. It, it's, it's the chemistry and, you know, I mean, with 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 a lot with most of the non-essentials i would say we would probably still agree Mm -hmm. and there are probably some some things that we we differ on and we've always we always have i think and um yeah yeah but brothers man right brothers in christ and uh absolutely it's, it's it's been good it's been a good ride i think and uh i you know i would say for instagram and you know i i definitely view it there's there's the bad part of it but there's you know the good part of of meeting brothers and sisters in christ i met you met nick Paul, a bunch of people that mm-hmm. um, have helped me in my spiritual walk, and there are plenty more out there that I haven't just haven't inter <laughs> I haven't interacted with because I haven't been on it. I haven't even been posting, so um, I've been just kind of focused on um, family, myself, uh, with respect to my walk, and um, and then I started playing in the worship band at church, which has been a blessing. So um, yeah, so nice. it's good, but. Let's uh, why don't we uh, let's dig in a little bit to the kind of the topic. Yeah. I wanted to kind of cover, and you thought it was a good topic, and being that it's the season, right? Uh, you know, I thought we would talk yep. about peace and what exactly mm-hmm. is, um, you know, it being Christmas. What exactly is is, is peace? Mm-hmm. You know, we hear these terms. Uh, you know that uh, Christ is peace. He's the Prince of Peace. Peace yep. and goodwill. All of these different types of terms that are biblical obviously and they're they're injected yep. in so many um christmas songs christmas hymns that I, that mm-hmm. it's interesting at christmas time you have so many unbelievers that are singing along humming along but they really just don't know yeah. the whole the context of of uh you know what real joy and what true peace really means right right yep Yep. So, and I think that, um, you know, another piece, and this is a deep topic, um, but 
you know, I think we need to look at who did Jesus, um, who did he promise peace to, you know, that's outlined in mm-hmm. um, John fourteen twenty seven. Because yep. I think that's important because as, as believers, we have to look at everything that's taught in scripture through the lens of someone who's been saved from sin, right? And mm-hmm. um, what I really, I, what I truly believe, and this is, this is an interesting point, I'm going to let you chime in with everything I've just said after this, <laughs> you know, especially with like some of the stuff you posted with churches, <clears throat> um, and yep. I've seen some comments, but scripture is for the believer. The church is for the believer to be, to be discipled and taught the word of mm-hmm. God to then take that good news and to spread it to the unbelieving world. You know, those, those two, those two points are missed. And I think, and I think the yeah. term, you know, we talk about every, you, we talk about peace and you hear so many, you hear so many non-believers talk about, well, well Christ came for peace and, and, and they, and they, they're, they're basically putting their secular view of because there's a secular view of peace and then there's a biblical the biblical truth about peace so i'm going to turn it over to Mm -hmm. you and let's talk a a little bit about that it's a lot to kind (laughs) of unpack sure no yeah that's good it's a good topic and uh you know when you shot me the message this morning about wanting to get on tonight i was like all right i gotta finish my sermon i gotta do all this stuff i gotta get kids to bed i'm like i am i'm clearing the table off i am gonna record tonight and so then you shot me isaiah 9 and uh, verses six yeah. and seven, and then you could quote John fourteen and all that. And uh, but no, it's it's what what's really fascinating to me about this time of year is the um, what do you say like how the mainstream, how society, if you would, has taken over the the like Christmas part, if you would. Because if, if you go to like a Christmas, or we were talking about this before the show, if you go to a Christmas store or into a store during Christmas, they're playing music in the background, and all of it is secularized Christian music. You know, you're not going to hear. You, know, you might hear "Joy to the World," but it's going to be like a modified version. But you're not going to hear "Silent Night." You're not going to hear, you know, "Oh Little Town of Bethlehem." You're not going to hear any of those classic Christmas hymns that you grew up in the church hearing, because. Christmas has now been secularized and, and, and even still, you know, as you say, the church is, you know, to disciple the believer, I completely agree. Um, just as much as I think it is a means by which the unbeliever can, can uh, yeah. come and receive yeah, faith. Yeah, let me clarify that. I'm not saying that an unbeliever can't come into church. No, yeah. yeah. You know, it's good that you said that because a lot, right, if right, anybody's right. listening, they're like, what do you mean you don't believe that? You know, No, I'm not saying that, but primarily <laughs> the, the focus <laughs> of church, it, it right, is. Right. Abs- it's the it's disciple. The, disciple, the yep. believer, somebody who's put faith in Christ. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I, you know, and, and I, what I find is, interesting about all of it is the fact that there's just um, most of the non-believers like the Christmas season because they like the music, even though they don't really know why they're singing some of it. Like they might be like silent nights, my favorite song, but why do you like that song? You know, if you, if you listen to uh, you know, some of the Christmas music, that's, you know, truly Christian centered to, you know, Christ centered, most of these people would be they, they wouldn't even they wouldn't even know where to begin yeah. 
you know they want grandma got ran over by reindeer they don't want oh come oh come emmanuel you know they they want the secular version of christmas and that's what we as christians have to contend with with you know the this whole scope during this season but i i like the topic that you chose more importantly than all of the secular crap that's sitting out there but but the focus of the 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 word peace itself and i did a a sermon series at my church last year on it was either last year or the year before on the names of christ i think it was the year before that and yeah yeah and so like leading up to christmas i i touched on all of these names and one of them was prince of peace and so obviously i used isaiah 9 and uh, some other text as well I can't even remember now all of it that I used, but you know, Prince of Peace is, is, is a phenomenal term. And I think the way I approached it was this, it's, um, it's currently happening now and will happen in the future. It's a, it's a now and, or kind of thing, you know, it's happening currently Christ is bringing peace into this world or, and, and yet he will still bring peace. And it's hard to reconcile that with the current conditions of the world because we think of peace in a manner of, you know, no more wars, governments getting along, no no killings and violence in the street, nobody robbing, nobody cheating, nobody lying. You know, we think of peace as every, you know, like the utopia there. Everybody gets along and everybody loves each other. That's what we think of peace. And that would be a good vision of what heaven will be like. But in this world with sin, still being as prevalent, we won't have that. However, this Prince of Peace isn't a focus necessarily on a global scale of peace. That comes, you know, when Christ returns. But this peace is the peace that is individually given to the believer that we have something truly authentic that nobody else in this world can have. We have we have rest, we have assurance, we have uh this peace is a wonderful word to fit in all this because what it does is it shows us the comfort that Christ holds us and it shows us that no matter what happens in this world, he is still the king. Yeah. And so no matter if, if we go to war, no matter if our government implodes, no matter if our streets implode, Christ is still God. And because he's the Prince of peace, that peace resonates over Christians and, 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 and that also doesn't mean that we can't be distressed at times and we can't be panicked or worried because that, that, that is the human nature in us. But what it gives us is we could take all of those concerns and hand them to Christ and be assured that tomorrow will be so, taken care of. And you're spot on. And I like how you, how you kind of framed that. So with, with respect to Christ being the, the Prince of peace and in in I uh, in Isaiah nine six seven, that's that's the it, it's prophesized um, that uh, that a son would be born. Right? You want do you want to read that real mm-hmm. quick? Mm-hmm. I don't have that in front of me. Yeah. So Isaiah nine six through seven. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called mm. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
Of the increase of his government of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So, so right there, just in that verse, you can see, and this is what I'm, this is what I meant where scripture is for the believer. Um, mm-hmm. and, and with respect to what the government he's going to establish. So peace has, has some, it has different different meanings in the Bible, and the, the most important one that I think um, in what you outlined is Jesus coming. He's he's the Prince of Peace, and that means we, those that have put faith in Christ, we are now at peace with God. We are no longer at mm-hmm. war with God, and he's no longer at war with us. So that's the peace Um that kind of peace is is salvation is like salvation it's the same thing as salvation yeah and and that's that mm-hmm. is the foundation of all of our all of our blessings and that that is uh when i say our it's the believer and to your point earlier i'm trying to kind of tie this as we as we go along how uh the secular world is hijacked these types of terms like they always do Yep, and and they apply yep. it to you know the secular version of Jesus, the Christmas version, and the Easter version of Jesus, right? Yeah, oh yeah. You yep. know, without understanding that him coming this this season that we celebrate is is he's bringing the peace, the salvation that was made available to all who put put faith in in Christ. That mm-hmm. I mean that that's. That's to me. That's just such a huge thing that's missed, and obviously we we hear these these excellent pastors talk about about that that this is an opportunity to spread the good news. But that is just it's missed at Christmas because of everything else. Right. Yep. Yep. And that's you know I was I don't know if you uh, ever read my sermon notes I put up on Patreon, but I had just finished Sundays, and um, funny enough, our lectionary calendar that we use. Uh, has this Sunday's gospel as the same as Christmas Eve. And I'm like, I I don't really want to do that twice. And so I revamped it slightly and looked at, uh, it was supposed to be over Matthew 1, verses 18 and on. And so I'm going to use that for Christmas mm. Eve. But the, uh, the Sunday I looked at Luke chapter 1, and I think it's verse 26 with Mary, 26 through 38, something like that. And so I decided, you know, the the text for Christmas Eve will be Joseph being visited by Gabriel and being instructed about this child. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot to unpack there with the terms of, you know, Joseph going against the Levitical law because he's not going to actually have her stoned like right. he should have. So he's going to break Levitical law for God to enter this world. It's really kind of an interesting notion to deal into it, but that's Christmas Eve night. This Sunday, I really stress the fact that this innocent baby is all cute and, and wonderful, but this baby, and I think at the last phrase I, I, I say in my sermon is, this is the baby that came to die for yeah. us. Because this is the child that was born for a purpose and that purpose was to die for the sins of the world 
And for all who believe in him, they will be saved. They are his children, heirs to eternal mm-hmm. life. Yeah. And I, you know, and to me, like, there's just, there's some things in life that just send goosebumps down your spine. And anytime I hear something like that, I get that motion. You know, like when I, when I sing, Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, like I get like really emotional. I love that. That music. is one of my favorites. Yeah, that and, is one of my favorites. I, I mean, the, yeah. the, the next line, uh, come, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. Yeah. I mean, yep. that, yeah, I, I'm totally with you. Just, it, it just brings me shakes to, it brings you. me. It brings tears to my eyes. It really does. It does. Because yeah, of absolutely. the deep meaning yeah. of it. Yeah, absolutely. And so I've been looking, because I always like to try to do something unique for Christmas Eve. And so I, I know all of the people listening would be familiar with this. Um, Thomas Terry, I believe is his name. If I make sure. Yep. Thomas J. Terry. He's from beautiful eulogy. Okay. Yeah. And he did, he released a single song back in 2019 called the incarnation. And it's a, uh, it's basically him, uh, speaking a poem over a, like a rap beat or like a Christmas jingle, if you would. And I was like, when I heard it a couple years ago, I was just like, wow, this is great. I love this. It's perfect for Christmas season. It's a beautiful little poem that he wrote. And then I was sitting there pondering it the last couple of weeks. And I'm like, this would be phenomenal to use as like a, an opening because this message that he says in that little poem is exactly the direction I right. want to take with the sermon because it's not about this, you know, just coming in and having this baby and googly eyed over it. But it's, this is the Messiah breaking into our world, shattering our paradigms and saving sinners. Yeah. 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 People, people are lost. They get lost. And, and, and when I say people, I mean, I, 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 what I mean is, is, you know, the, the vast unbelieving world, and when I say unbelieving, I, I also mean those that follow a, a false Jesus, a, f- a false God, a false scripture uh, of being able mm-hmm. to cherry pick. And I am not trying to point fingers, especially in the season of goodwill and love and peace. But you bring up an interesting point because, you know, if, if you go to scripture, right, you know, there there it's a blip with respect to the birth of uh, the birth of Christ. Okay, I, I mean, and, and yep. I say that in, in in comparison to there's so much more on on Christ with respect to his ministry because he was born, and you bring up the point he was born to die. That was his sole yep. purpose was to save those that put faith, humanity, die for the sins of the world, mm-hmm. and and it, it covers any person that comes to faith in them. So it, it, what's interesting is, you know, the Prince of Peace title that uh, in, in Isaiah, mm-hmm. but in Matthew 10, Jesus downplays that role as Prince of Peace when he's talking to his disciples about the hardships they're going to face in ministry. And he, just to quote it, yep. do not do not assume that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come mm-hmm. to bring peace right. but a sword. For I... Right, sword, and, and you, everybody you know. else. I mean, whoever's listening, whoever's not listening, I'll, I'll go ahead and continue. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against 
her mother-in-law, a man's enemy will be the members of his own household. And that's verses 34, 34 through 36. So, yeah, so that's, that's, that is a, that is one of those verses. And there are a few that'll, that'll, that'll rattle you. Even as a, as a devout believer, yep. that is, that is a, a verse and you look at look at the comparison between you know the the world's version of Jesus at Christmas time and what he defines himself because he's not defining he's not he's not defining himself as this 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 prince of peace in the sense of you know the the kind of peace he's bringing is not what most people are thinking about that 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 that's right. related to yep. the Christmas uh, slogans that are advocating world peace love your Love your brother and be tolerant, mm-hmm. right? Mm, that yeah. all, all of that. <laughs> so, and you touched on it earlier. Um, you know the the number of 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 it, it goes on that the kinds of peace that that are needed in this world and what we equate peace is like you know the you know the inner conflict of man right you know and the struggles with doubts and yeah. fears and you touched on that and then there's the 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 whole thing with relationships there's conflict there and then there's the the, mm-hmm. the, the world is at war the international types of conflict yeah. but what what Christ what Christ is talking about his peace has nothing it's it's a spiritual peace yeah and here i want to I want to quote what Luther says on Isaiah 9, 6, because I think this fits exactly perfect with what you were saying here. It says, Luther says, in the kingdom of Christ, there is grace, comfort, forgiveness of sins, joy, and peace. He does not deal with the transgressor in sternness, but as a father. The forgiveness of sins is justification, and peace follows Mm, justification. mm -hmm. This, This peace is not only peace of mind, but also plenty and soundness of mind and good health of the body. Such is the reign of Christ. It is extended by killing. It is fertilized by the blood of believers and more distress. There is the more peace grows in the heart. Wow. That just gets yeah. you. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the reality of it is, um, and what I take away from that is th- this, the peace, um, you know, a- as a fruit it, that Paul describes, um, right? You know, living, living mm-hmm. with with your with your brother. And again, you, you think about what peace outlined. What I'm sorry, what Paul outlined about peace. Um, in oh my goodness, I'm drawing a blank. What, uh, the uh, is it, was that in Ephesians? I, I am. Uh, well, there's there's Lo- text in Galatians, Ephesians, and I think one of the Corinthians uh, letters. I'm that sorry, he talks I, I think a I'm, pro- about I'm, it. I'm probably thinking about Corinthians uh, that outlines love. I'm sorry, I shouldn't. I'm having a I'm mm-hmm. having a mind <laughs> a mind moment, but so you know he talks about the fruit, and, and one of them being uh, actually I think it's I think it's Galatians. You're right. It's it's Galatians. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, pieces as a fruit. And what Luther is saying is when so if you have the is he saying this peace of the peace of Christ and that knowledge the Holy Spirit that that will grow yeah. and 
which then lends itself to manifest itself that we become more at peace with inside ourselves, right? And with other people. Mm-hmm. So we so yep. we truly know in the fullest sense uh, the peace that comes from God and that fellowship with God because that's that's yep. what he that's what Christ brings. And I think it's even more so pointed to the fact that peace transcends our whole life because like I said you you there's going to be times when you're distressed and upset or anxious or worried but yet we we can take those concerns and place them at the feet of Christ and he will assure us that he will see us through it even if it means us suffering you know none of the apostles got away scot free oh, yeah. so if he's if he's the prince of peace and i like how some secular people like especially the atheists will attack christ in this manner that you know they they will engage him and say well you know how is he the prince of peace if all of his followers are martyred well it's not about it's not about again peace from the secular yeah, exactly. mind struct construct it's it's when you face the end peace knowing that Christ will tell you to stand up the moment you stop breathing. Yeah. Why don't you touch on, if you would, uh, the Matthew 10 mm-hmm. verse, uh, because I think, I think that is a verse that is, you know, for anybody who, who, who's not familiar with that, why don't you touch on that about, you know, the assumption that the disciples or that anybody could make about that Jesus came to bring the peace, and it's it, again, it's peace yeah. as we know it as humans here in this world. But He brought a sword. So, why don't right. you talk a little bit about that verse? Yep. Sure. So, as always, we love context yeah. on this show. That's why I'm and asking you. We we are <laughs> <laughs> we we are um, quite frugal on making sure that we provide a full scope of what we're talking about. So, Matthew ten. Uh, just to kind of provide a surrounding text here, we see the calling of the 12 or the establishment, if you would, of the 12 disciples, that's first few verses. And then Jesus sends them out. He's instructing them, go do these things and heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. This does not carry on into the early church. So stop acting like you can do it. You crazy Pentecostal people, the apostles only. Then in verse 16, he says, this is where essentially this kind of context really begins. Persecution will come. Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep and the wolves. So to be as wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Mind you, verse 16 is still connected back to verses five through 15, where he's sending out the 12. They haven't left him yet. So he's giving them further instruction in 16 and on. Then he goes on to, in verse 26 to the title is have no fear. He says, have no fear of them for nothing is covered that will not be revealed. Talking about the sins that people try to conceal. What I, what I tell you in the dark, say in the light and what you have hear whisper proclaim on the housetops. He's just telling his disciples to again, be as wise as serpents as innocent as doves and to go into this world proclaiming this message. And then he tells them, he gives them this little bit of reassurance in verse 28. He says, do not fear those who can kill the body because that doesn't matter. This body, this mortal body isn't the goal at the end of life. Jesus says, but uh, he says, do not fear those who cannot kill the body or who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul rather fear him 
who can destroy mm. both yeah. soul and body and hell. So telling you, fear God, right? So again, context continues into verse 34 and on. Verse uh, 34 to 39, this is the uh, not peace but a sword. So Jesus is actually um, kind of changing the tone in this uh, kind of structure, if you would. And what I have found to be really fascinating about um, this, the, these verses is just how direct and, and, and surprising they could be to the disciples who are hearing it. Because here, like, if you think about it, uh, ver- uh, chapters four, uh, 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew all deal with the, the, the Sermon on the Mount. And so there's, there's some harsh language in there. I've covered some of that on my show. And there's some tough stuff, but it's a lot of, you know, good things. You know, it's a, it's a, it's an uplifting sermon. There's some law, there's a lot of gospel and it's a, you know, it's a good message. And so I would venture to say by the time we get to chapter 10, his disciples are probably flying pretty high. You know, they're, they're thinking so good about themselves and they're thinking, man, this guy is truly come to save us, you know, in their eyes from Rome, because that's what they thought christ was going to actually do which obviously wasn't the purpose or premise uh, of his entire life and ministry as foretold through the old testament but in verse 34 this this you know he, he comes to not bring peace on earth he did not come to bring peace but a sword jesus tells them earlier that he says let your peace come into the houses where they enter right this goes back to verse 13 right context matters He's saying, let your peace come into the house. Jesus wanted them to realize that his coming was like a sword that will split families in two. Some of them were for him and some of people were against him. That's what the word of God does. It is dividing. And so it's not, it's not a threat of violence that Jesus brings, but anytime we see, you know, the sword used in, in this type of language, it is a representation of his word being sharper than a two-edged sword. And John makes that very explicit when he writes in the book of Revelation. And so anytime we see, you know, a text like this, it is it is not necessarily a setting up of violence, but he goes on to actually pr- to clarify what he means. He says, I, I have come to set man against his father, a daughter against her mother. Now, now, rightly so, we would say, well, why would Jesus want to separate families? Right? Why? Why would he want to divide husband and wives and, and kids from their parents and all that? Why? What would be the point of that? And the reality, and this is where we 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 have to be kind of careful as theologians, and attributing to the the free will, if you would, of mankind. Everybody, if we take the fact, and and again, we could talk atonement theories all you want, but if we take the fact that if Christ died and his death was sufficient to cover all of the sins of all people. And then we take a, we'll say family A has got a husband, wife, and two kids. If we say uh, all four of those people's, their sins are covered, but they're only saved if they believe in the message. If they believe in Christ as Lord and Savior, as Paul tells you in Romans 10, 9, they're only saved. It's basically, it's efficacious for all people, but it only is, um, I don't even know if that's the right word, but it's only valid if you believe. Right. Yeah. Right. So the sins are covered, 
but it's only valid if you believe. So, and here's the funny thing. It's like, I'm going to side note really quick. Like John, what's his name? John Gracie or mm-hmm. Gacy or whatever. He had this huge change in his last few years of life and became a Christian. It was proclaiming Christ and, and all that. And he was a mass murderer. And and there's people, there's people in the Christian communities that are like, oh, he's right. not saved. He's just, you know, he's a last minute bed changer. And, you know, he's, he's going straight to hell where he belongs. Paul was out killing Christians That's- too. But you're you're over here putting him up on a right, pedestal. Right. I mean, look at look at the thief on the cross. I mean, he's about mm-hmm. to die. What does Jesus tell him? I mean, yeah. you know, and and that's so many Christians get into the business of playing God, and they want to go ahead and say, no, no, mm-hmm. that there's no way that person could have given their life to Christ, could have put could have put faith in Christ even on their deathbed. That's just there's no way, you know. And they start, you know, they you know who yeah. they start acting like. They start acting like you know in the parable of the prodigal son. They start acting like the brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, yeah, all snooty yeah. and snotty and yep. self-righteous. So, yep. you know, um, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the reality of it is that the the universal human being, it, their response to the even the idea of the reign of God, it's it's it it, it they rage against it. They rage against the idea that God will, reigns over, and um. That basically, they're—I mean—they're just in rebellion against against him because mm-hmm. of sin. So this is this idea of what when I'm reading scripture and I'm reading Matthew 10, the sword. It's because people love their sin; they love their yeah. sin, and that is yeah. why his word is like is like a sword. And I love how you said that, you know, he's not yep. talking mass murder. He's going to come. What he's talking about is though is serious. It's, it's about, he, oh, he yeah. came to this earth as a child. He mm-hmm. entered this world. Yes. As a child. And we celebrate that at Christmas, but you know, you, what are you celebrating? Right? I mean, we, as Christians, we know what, why we're celebrating. We've been, we've been saved right. from, from death, from, destruction and and you hit it you know you hit it when you were just reading um about the destruction of the soul fear fear that who can who can destroy not only the body but the soul that's what we're saved from and that's why we celebrate christmas mm-hmm. because you know as romans 5:10 you know describes people in sin they're enemies of god and with yep. without christ and that is the meaning of that is the meaning of Christmas. It just it ties right into Easter. You know, there is absolutely no hope. There's no joy. There's no goodwill. We you know we have these ideas of secular goodwill mm-hmm. and you know this fake kind of joy, but it's yeah. you know it's not it's not the same peace. It's not the same joy as what's yep. what's outlined in Scripture at all. Right. Right. You know, I was, we went, uh, so once every five or six weeks, my wife has to travel to get, uh, see a physical therapist for her leg. And the only person in Iowa that is trained in her particular situation is, uh, in Cedar Rapids, which is two and a half hours east of here. And so my mother-in-law and father-in-law come up, watch the kids for a day. And Janae and I take a trip out there. You know, we leave in the morning, we have a whole day of it. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a 30 minute appointment, but we go to lunch, we'll go shop. We'll go, you know, we'll, we'll make a day of it. It's like our right. date day. 
And we were, I don't even know what day it is. Today's Wednesday. Like two weeks ago, I think we were out there. And we were coming back. And so Interstate 80 runs uh, through the entire middle part of Iowa. And so we went down to Iowa City. I have a parishioner who's in the hospital there. And so I visited with her for a while. Then we took 80 over to what's a town called Ankeny, which is kind of a big city on the suburbs of Des Moines. And we go to Target. And I know this is a whole bunch of fluff for this particular story, but, you know, it was late at night. And so we were like, we needed to get a couple things. We, We had some ideas for Christmas presents that we wanted to get our kids. And we wanted to pick them up before... Um, you know, before Christmas, cause it was still too, it would, Christmas was like three or four weeks out at this time. And so we go into the store and I'm just flabbergasted at how many people are in there shopping on a Friday night at, it was like eight o'clock at night. And I could, I can't even tell you how many cartfuls of just junk. I saw people pushing around like just all of these expensive toys and then you know you go back to the toy section and you're looking at like this doll's $58 and this toy is $75 they had a smartwatch a kid's smartwatch um that like takes pictures and can you know do like certain things and stuff and it was $80 mm. and i'm just like i i mean i'm flabbergasted <laughs> at, at the at the at the just the obviously the inflation is high and we know that the cost of goods is up, but I mean, I'm, I'm seeing people pushing around. They probably had five or six, $700 worth of merchandise in their carts. And it got me thinking, it's like, man, is this really what Christmas has become? Like how much junk can we throw at our kids to make them happy? Yeah. That's a great, I mean, that is a great point. And I, I think even as some of us Christians, you know, it's kind of, that's, that's convict, that's convicting because you, yeah. um, you know, you, you hit on it. You, we buy this stuff to make our kids happy, but it's such a superficial happy, you know, it is. And it's so it, it temporary. So temporary. I mean, you know, uh, you, that junk truly becomes junk, you know, in a matter of like, you know, sometimes a month, you know, a year, two years, you see yeah. these, all these yep. toys and you're like, why do we have so much junk in this house? Yeah, exactly. You know, and, but, but yeah. we don't give, I mean, we don't, we don't give a concern to, um, you know, feeding our soul and, and it's a struggle. I mean, it, I, I get it. You know, yeah. it, it is a struggle daily, um, to, to feed the soul, to make sure our kids are fed the word. And especially when, you know, they, you know, they get into high school and they go off to college. I mean, that's when that struggle um, really, really begins. And, and yep. you know, that's where, I mean, prayer and leaning on the Holy Spirit to to, to protect yep. and to keep your child. Um, that's that's the, you know, you can't, you can't force somebody into the kingdom. You can't convince them to the kingdom. And you can only pray for protection and you know, and right. I think that's, you know, and, and that kind of segues into, I mean, um, you know, the Holy Spirit. I mean, we weren't left here after Christ let, after Christ ascended back into heaven. I mean, the peace, we're able to still obtain that peace from Christ, through, yeah. you know, through the Holy Spirit that lives. It only lives within believers. You know, this is this is a thing. I mean, and you, and you hear all the platitudes like, oh, you know, I'll pray for you. You know, the, you, you hear it from 
secular people all the time, but like, who are they praying to? You know, and I, 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 I do right. often wonder, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear. I mean, who they're not, if, yeah, it doesn't, Satan. it doesn't fall on God's ears because <laughs> right. they're at war yeah. with God. They are, I mean, yeah. if you continue, if you continue to rebel against God, you're at war with him. Yep. That's exactly what Paul says in Romans yeah, one. So, um, you know, I mean, for the season, I, I think it's it's such a um, it it is it is a joyful season, Christmas, and certainly you know it, it's finding using discernment and finding the balance between you know everything and not getting wrapped up in like exactly what you just said, and um, mm-hmm. and and for the believer that the peace, uh, true peace, comes from that knowledge of Christ and. Right. And how we can take that and and then share, especially during Christmas. I, I love a lot of pastors because you hear so many people and you see it online. All these people damning, you know, the the season of Christmas and saying Christmas was, you know, it, it's it's a pagan holiday. Pagan <laughs> and oh yeah, it's like get I, over I mean, yourself. It's, it's like you know, if I, I get it, it is commercialized. I it's ridiculous. It is mm-hmm. about Santa, but as as a believer. Why wouldn't you want to celebrate the only thing that can save the soul? God entering yep. this world as 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 man to die on the cross. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I it just baffles me how how people are, are um, you know they'd rather they'd rather go after Christians, yeah, and 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 wag their finger, throw throw a stone in a glass house. Right. Yeah, and you're giving me so many things to think about now for for my Christmas Eve sermon because I'm just trying to ponder. It's like, where do we really truly find this this joy and this peace? Is it is it in the superficial things? Because that stuff fades, right. you know. Uh, and here's the thing: uh, you and I were talking about it before the show. I've been in the gym. Uh, today was day 65, I think, in a row. I've gone to the gym 65 days in a row. I've been on the treadmill every every one of those days for 30 minutes with a 40-pound vest on at 12% incline. I've been lifting weights. I've been eating better. I'm looking good. But you know what? Looks are superficial because they fade. I'm, I may not always be in this good a shape when I get older. I may I may get into an accident and, and lose my mm. mobility. I, you know, something may happen that takes this this away from me. And so I can't look at it as a means of like, this brings me fulfillment. I'm just doing it because I don't want to die right, at a young age. Right. I, I want, I want to live, you know, and be with my kids. So whether it's, um, you know, the looks or, or, uh, material items, you know, like I'm a book fiend. I love books, but you know, books can be superficial. You know, I, I ended up having an early Christmas present come in the mail today. I got uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, the Lost Books, first wow. edition. Yeah. So I was pretty nerded <laughs> out on that one. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, you, but we, man, look, there are, I, you're right. There are things that bring me the same types, type, same types of thing that bring me, you know, you, you, yeah. you know, and then as a believer, you know, we can, we can experience joy out of you know material things like, but i guess it's it's just finding that mm-hmm. balance right and that and, di- and discerning like when yeah. making sure it doesn't become an idol 
Right. You know, and the other thing too is recognizing that joy from material items or anything like that, whether it's like a, a movie or music, even it's temporary. It's not the fix. It, it's okay to watch a movie. It's okay to read a book. It's okay to listen to music. It's okay to go to your work. It's okay to do all of these things, but you have to understand that real authentic joy and peace can only come from this baby in a manger who goes on to die for the sins yeah, of the Yeah, you world. know what? That brings, I mean, this is, you know, I'm going to give you the closing floor here, but let me, let me just quote John 16, I've told you these things mm-hmm. so that in me, you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I love that. But take heart. I have overcome mm-hmm. the world. I mean, Jesus, Jesus brought to it just a, a dead, unbelieving world salvation for those who, for yeah. that peace is obtainable to those who trust him and put faith in. And I'm going to, I'm going to let you close maybe talking a little bit about that verse, because I, I think that is, sure. you know, that is the reason for the season. And he, and he says, take heart. What, what was it? John, uh, John 16, 16 33, what? 33, pulling it up. Um, so I, uh, to, to, build the context again i in my sermon for this sunday i, I talk a little bit about the sacrificial yeah. system right uh in, in in the old testament because you in order to atone for sin you must bring an animal mm-hmm. sacrifice and and the reason i bring that up is is because in luke uh it's either one or two i forget which chapter uh, i think it's in luke two because jesus is born and then after his birth he's consecrated on the eighth day or and he's um uh, what's the word? Why am I drawing a blank? Anywho, so Mary brings two turtle doves to the temple to offer as a sacrifice, because in Levitical law, when a, when the firstborn is a male, the parent must bring two turtle doves if they cannot afford to bring. I think it's like a goat or a steer or something. A significant. Where does that fall when the circumcision? Is that what you were thinking? Circumcision, that's it. I was going to say, yes. like, are you talking about circumcision? I could not think of that word. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I could not think of it. I don't know okay, why. Okay, so you were talking uh, about circumcision. Okay, now I'm tracking with you. I'm like, wait, yes. I think he's talking about circumcision, yeah. but I'm not sure. Yeah, no, yeah, because on, on the eighth day, yes, he's circumcised, yes. and then he's given his name, Jesus. Yeah, jeez. I need to hang up the mic. You talk, you talk about being rusty. Look at me. <laughs> um, so in, in the Levitical law, you have this con- you have this the, this construction of you must bring a sacrifice to atone for sin and and then if you have a firstborn son you have to offer uh, you know something uh, of an offering and then they have all these different ways to do offerings for all these different things whether it's grain offerings or incense offerings or burnt offerings all I mean there's it's a long list of stuff right and what I pull out of that for this sermon is if you continuously come with a with an offering and you can you continuously are coming you know week after week bringing animals of your livestock unblemished lambs you know steers and donkeys and whatever else they sacrificed i don't think they actually did donkeys but steers and <laughs> sheep and goats right. and all that stuff um but if you're continuously bringing these animals where's your assurance that your sins are actually forgiven it's all in the See, action. That was one of the big. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, and that's that's one of the biggest mm-hmm. problems I, I've I've discovered 
with the Old Testament sacrificial system was it never gave the person assurance. And and I think there's a reason why. And and I've never heard a preacher talk about this, but uh, I, I think one of my professors alluded to it. Uh, assurance was never meant to be found in the sacrificial right. system. Sin had to be atoned for. And the only way to atone for sin is bloodshed. God makes that very clear in Genesis three, when he kills the animal and clothes Adam and Eve. So blood must be used for the atonement, but assurance can't be found in the sacrificial system. Assurance was found in the promise rooted in what God had told Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and so on and so forth. The promise of a coming Messiah. See, if you go read Hebrews 11, you get the hall of fame mm-hmm. of faith, right? In there, it doesn't say that all of these men, and I think there's a woman or two mentioned, all these people, um, they weren't in the in the hall of fame of faith because of, of how good they did this sacrificial yeah. system. They were there because of faith. And, and the reason I say that is because it, it helps to draw this construct of, you know, no matter the things we do will never bring us true assurance or, or true peace. joy or true right. peace. It is only in Christ. And just as you said in, in John sixteen thirty three, I have said these things to you that in me, Christ, you may have peace. And that again, transcends all of the facets of our life. But here's the interesting thought thought here he goes on to say in the world you will have tribulation but take heart mm-hmm. i have overcome the world so so this verse can you can preach a hundred yeah. sermons on i i remember when i first became a christian the church is the church that i would attend um back in the day uh the pastor there i'm still friends with he's a great brother in christ uh he would always make this comment he goes it's always fascinating that Satan keeps trying to, you know, uh, change the playbook, if you would. You know, he's he's always attacking Christians. He's like, but then he goes on in this, you know, whether you believe Satan is bound or not, and I'm not getting into any of the eschatology things. All I'm saying in terms of this is he goes, but we as Christians, we know the end of yeah. it. We we have the playbook in front of us. We have we have the storybook. We have the entire we have you know everything we need he goes and i'll tell you this at the end christ wins we see it we have it at we have it true through and through christ is the victor and i think i use that theme throughout the series that i did on revelation that christ is the victor just over and over again you see it demonstrated and so even if this world has tribulation, right? Because the apostles will go on to be martyred. The early church experiences massive amounts of martyrdom. Uh, even the church in today's world outside of the Western church experiences yeah, persecution, persecution and martyrdom. Yep, yep. And so even though we face tribulation, Christ has overcome this world. And here's the framework. It, this is not a post-millennialist comment. This is a, a, a framework that... When the time is right, whenever that may be, Christ will return and this world will be destroyed. That is Christ overcoming this world. That In that moment, this world will be done away with and the new heavens and the new earth will be established for yep, the believers. His government. His government he brings. Yep, yep exactly. 
and he'll reign supreme and all nations, yeah. right? I mean, they yep. will live in obedience. Every tongue will confess and every knee will bow. And I'm not talking universalism yep. for anybody. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, we're not, yeah, we're yeah, not right. Jason Exactly, here. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah, exactly. And you know what? He is absolutely the Prince of Peace. And, and yep. he came and he provided the only way for sinful people to have peace with God. That is... That is the peace. That's the Prince of Peace. That is the peace that comes from heaven alone. That's it. And and it doesn't end there. I, it, you know, he provides the resource, the Holy Spirit, right, for the inner peace. Yeah. So that we can live in this just this horrible, it's now it is a God forsaken world that we live in right now only mm-hmm. because of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. So take take faith and, 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 and heart and listen to what Christ said. Take heart. Yeah, but but I want to I want to revisit the the original verse we talked about real quick. This verse in Isaiah was written some seven hundred years before yeah. the birth of Christ, right? So that is that is just phenomenal at how accurate Isaiah was. But here's here, side note: Isaiah was even though he spoke more on on the coming Messiah than mm-hmm. any other prophet. There's one, and I forget which one. I think it's Micah. Is it? Micah 5, Micah 5, 2. So I think Micah is the only prophet that actually pinpoints the actual city of the birth of Christ. Everybody else talks about it in kind of a more of a generic framework. But Micah is the only one that gives you the definite city in which he was born. Just a little fun side fact for you. But, and, and, and. Verse six, listen to these words in his name. Speaking of Christ shall be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Like just those, just those few four word titles given. And and he gets so many more, you know, uh, that are given to him. Uh, Emmanuel, Jesus itself has a meaning that, you know, he will save his people from their sins. The Christ that all has, you know, prophetic meaning. Yeah, and You know, when you read Isaiah, Isaiah nine from the top, how, what, what Mm -hmm. he outlines, you know, um, and what he is, what he's prophesizing about. I mean, it all points to Christ, you know, it's, You know, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. I mean, just there's there's so much in in Isaiah nine. Um, I totally it's that's it, a great point you're making. Well, and and even going back to uh, Isaiah seven, and like I said, how Isaiah is just saturated with prophetic visions of the Lord to come. And this again is not a Pentecostal prophetic speaking this is <laughs> actual words from god to the prophet isaiah i love verse 13 here then O house of david right establishing the lineage of david it is too little for you to weary man than you weary may, uh, my god also therefore the lord himself will give you a sign behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name emmanuel now you can argue sometimes a lot of people like to say, well, this is pointed uh, as a prof as a prophecy given to Ahaz, who was a king at this time. 
But the fulfillment of that prophecy isn't in the life of Ahaz. It comes with Mary Mm. and Joseph and Jesus 700 years later. And so, you know, whether, whatever you want to pick up in in Isaiah, uh, there's just, it's saturated in, um, in prophecy. And and interestingly enough for Christmas Eve, what we're going to do, we've never done this before. Um, but we're going to open the service with the, with the sanctuary dark, but we're going to have, we have on the sides of the church towards the front, we have Mm -hmm. spotlights and they, they, one goes down to the lectern and one goes down to the pulpit and we're going to have the altar lights off. We're going to have the candles lit, but we're going to have everything else off except those spotlights. And then we've got a guy on our council who's got a really good, like, natural deep Mm -hmm. speaking voice and so he's going to read isaiah 7 and and micah 5 with the sanctuary dark and his wife who's our organist is going to play uh whatever tune i think uh whatever the hark the angel the herald angels sing i think it's the first one we're singing and she's going to play that in the background on the organ and we're going to go do a dry run tomorrow night, but we did a test on it a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, man, this is sending shivers mm. down my spine. This is yeah. beautiful. That's awesome. And so, yeah. So we're going to say that, uh, at the start of service. And then, you know, we've got, uh, you know, a whole setup of prophecy, uh, that then moves into the story, the birth of Christ. And then we'll conclude with me preaching the gospel, on Matthew awesome. one, I and so I'm I'm very excited. It's it's just man, Christmas is one of those times that just makes it just it's so deep for the Christian, and and I always struggle with this too because I you know my wife and I talk I talk about ministry with her all the time and writing sermons and prepping each week for a sermon I have to come up with a new introduction a new conclusion a new you know heart to the message and one of the things I find is that scripture is just so vast and so deep. And like, and I'll, I'll go into the living room and I'll be like, okay, I don't know which direction to take this. I have eight different ways I can go with this verse. And she's like, Oh, you haven't touched on that yet. Mm -hmm. Why don't you talk about that? Done. You know, it's like, it's it's amazing how much you can unpack. Well, um, I know we've been talking about it. We want to get back into the swing of recording. And so I think, you know, if we can, set ourselves to um to to commit to you know i think we were doing one at least one episode a month uh you know for for a long while uh if we can get back to that starting in january because this will air i don't are you gonna drop it on christmas day i'm gonna drop this probably before christmas so if if you're listening it should be before christmas okay good so you know this will this will close the year out and and then we'll do one in january and so on I think what we should do to just, and this is just you know, an idea that came off the top of my head, but to help us really cultivate scripture, we we should actually do a short series. We've never done that. You know, we've we've kind of done topical, yeah, we've done yeah. topical shows, but do but like picking a, a, a topic of doctrine, or, uh, or 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 something that interests the audience. So if you're listening to this. Send Anthony or I a DM telling us what you want to hear, and and we will truly commit that to trying to unhash it. Not just in a single episode, but over, 
you know, like really yeah. digging into it I like and it. really cultivating I love the it. meat. Let's do it. I'm committed. I'm committed. And I'm saying that on podcast air. <laughs> on air. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, have a Merry Christmas. Um, and yeah, enjoy you too, your family. Brother. And um, and I just want to say to everybody who happens to listen to this, I hope God blesses you during this Christmas season. And the peace, the true peace of Christ um, is upon you and your family. And, and we just thank you for, for, for listening and taking the time out. Thank you. Absolutely. Right. Um, I have to echo Anthony. But I also have to say this. If your church is closed on Christmas Day, you're not a member of a church. Go find a real church. Amen. <laughs> God bless everybody. We love you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of A Matter of Truth. All right. God bless. <laughs>